9 through 18. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 18. When you have it, please say amen or shout. And it reads, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor given preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. Amen. Remain standing. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth that endures forever. We posture ourselves to hear what the Spirit wants to say to the church. And God, we are grateful this morning, God, that you have set us aside and called us and assembled us together, Lord, that you might speak words of life and and words of comfort and words of encouragement to help us along the way. And uh, and Lord, we just just thank you for that. And I pray this morning that as I bring forth the word, uh, none of me, all of you, anoint my mind, Uh, My thoughts, Lord God, my hand, my feet, every part of me, Father, immerse afresh in your Holy Spirit that I might speak by the Spirit of God. And I pray that you would open the hearts of the people that they may be able to fully comprehend what the Spirit is saying to the church. We give you praise. We give you glory. And all God's people said amen. 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 You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Last week, we had begun our series on Loved to Love series, and um, we had talked about uh, the incredible love of God. We talked about the fact that God's love is everlasting, and we talked about uh, how that no matter what we do, God will always love us, amen, and that we can take comfort and have a level of security and peace that God's love would always be with us, and so and so today I want to I take a turn a bit, still in this series talking about love, as we will be for the rest of the month. I want to talk today about loving affectionately one another. Amen. Everybody say affectionately. affectionately. And that's incredibly important as it relates to love because we as church people have become very, very good, unfortunately, in some cases, of doing acts and good works but not always attaching ourselves in the spirit. And, 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 so, and so when we talk about love from that standpoint, we want our love to be complete. We want our love to be authentic. We want our love to be very, very real. And I understand that love sometimes can be a complicated thing, amen? amen. 
Some of us come through various backgrounds, and, and we talk about loving one another. Some of us have been hurt. Some of us have had some difficulties, and we grew up in situations where we were, were abused. And perhaps you're sitting here this morning, and you're thinking to yourself, well, you know what? I love God. I have no problem with loving God, but it's that loving people thing that, that kind of trips me up a little bit. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Uh, you know, everybody would say, oh, I love God. I, I love God. I, I, you know, God is my father, and, and, and all of that is wonderful, and it's great, and it's true. But, but, but what you got to understand is that God, if to, in order to love God, you got to deal with the people that you see every day. Uh, Jesus, Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave. I can't imagine that Jesus hung on that cross and, when I, and that he hung there and there was no feeling attached. That he just simply said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I really believe that when Jesus said that, there was, there was love in his heart. There was that emotional connection. And so when we talk about brotherly love, it's not the kind of love that some of us maybe have experienced. We're not talking about a worldly kind of love. We're talking about a love that comes from God, that is shed abroad in our hearts to the extent that we feel it. I said, we're going to go deep this morning. Is that okay? That we want to feel the love of God. I don't want to just do things, but I want to care. How many know that Jesus cared? How many know that loving one another is not an option? I know sometimes we want to make it that way. But let me hasten to say, loving each other is not an option. You are required. And to not love your brother, you are not right with God. I don't care what you say. I don't care what other people say. I don't care how many times you stand in the mirror and recite to yourself that you're okay. If you don't love your brother, get up off of your knees because God ain't hearing it. I, I know that's tough because some of you right now instantly went to that person that you have problems with in your mind. And to put you on early notice, we're talking about that person, too. Amen. Because next week, we'll talk about loving your enemies. Yes. There is a thing that's called loving your enemies. Y'all do understand that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this is not something that Pastor Bell is making up. This is a God thing. Yes. Loving our enemies. So if, we go, if, if you know if he's requiring us to love our enemies, you know what kind of love we're supposed to have toward each other. You know that our love toward each other is supposed to be rich, fulfilling. You know, I, 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 there's nothing more glorious and marvelous than being in a community of believers that are in love with each other, that are in connection with each other, that, that we understand each other. You know, you can't really weep with me. You can't really rejoice with me if you got no feelings for me. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, let me take a little step deeper. You know, the Apostle Paul said this. This wasn't in my sermon notes, but turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. When you get there, say amen. amen. And I got to go whether you're there or not. Watch this. Because you can, you can do acts of so-called love and not love. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let's listen to what the Apostle Paul says. Paul said this now, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or clinging cymbal. Yeah. 
I'm just making noise. And though I give, have the gift of prophecy, how many of you say I'm prophetic? <laughs> and understand all mysteries. You got deep knowledge. And all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains. I'm talking mountain-moving faith. But I have not love. What did Paul say? I am nothing. He said, love suffers long. No, let me go to verse 3. That's what I want to read. And though I bestow all, everybody say all. All my goods to the poor. And feed the poor. And though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So what the apostle Paul there is essentially saying is that we can do acts and good acts and all of that, but just because we're doing stuff and just because we're feeding the poor does not mean that we're really loving. And as I said before, sometimes in Christian circles, we think just because we do a couple of good things and there's, and there's not any emotion attached, then it's okay with God. Let me hasten to say your love is incomplete. Your love is not complete until you come to a place that you really care. Now look with me in, in 1 John chapter number 4. This was a verse, this is somewhat of a review, but I want to take it from a different perspective this morning. Last week we talked about 1 John chapter 4 as it relates to the love of God, but now we want to look at it in the context of the love that we are to have for one another. And verse number 7 of 1 John chapter 4, are you there? Yes. Amen. He says, Beloved, let us love one another. All right? Now, I want you to stay with me. Let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So there are three things we want to do in this sermon this morning. The first thing we want to do is, we want to talk about the call to love like God. We want to talk about, number two, the character of God's love as is shared from heart to heart, as we share it with one another. And we want to talk about the outworking of God's love. Now, so here, John, the apostle of love, I like to refer to him as, here the apostle John is sending out a call to the church. He said, now let us love one another. So that's the call. Let us love one another. So he's, he's talking to the brothers and the sisters. Here's the call. Let us love one another. Well, why, John? Why? Well, because love is of God. And everybody who loves is born of God. Now, I want you to stay with me this morning. So, so the call is, he's saying, let us love one another. Now that you've been born into the family of God. So no matter what your experience was when you was a child. No matter what your experience was when you lived with your mother, your father. No matter what, you know, maybe you grew up in an abusive environment. Maybe you grew up in an environment where you did not express love. Maybe your mother or your father never told you they loved you. Maybe you don't even have any idea what that is. This is something totally new to you. Well, now you've been born into the family of God. You have a new father. Amen. And the call is, watch this, that you're in a new family now, and he's calling us, watch this, to be like our daddy. That's the thing. See, he's calling us. He said, let us love one another. Why do you want to do that? Because love of God and everybody who is born of God, they love. So now that you are part of God's family, he is calling you to understand 
what love is, but beyond that, that we are to walk in love because we have a new DNA. Your DNA is not the same. Your experience now is not the same. You get rid of the Bible says if any man is born in Christ, he's a new what? Creature. Old things are old. Behold, everything becomes new. I'm a new creature now. I'm brand new. So forget about your past experience with love, particularly if it wasn't a pleasant one and if it wasn't rooted in God's love. Get rid of it. This is a new day. Look at the name and say, this is a new day. The new dawning. You see? So let us love one another. Here's the call. And as we said last week, John was infatuated with this. I mean, he was, John couldn't talk about anything else because he got a revelation. He got a revelation of God's love and that how that love is somehow linked, watch this, is linked to us loving passionately one another. I know that scares some of you. I know that's scary, but I'm going to give you biblical justification and why you got to love me with some passion and why you have to love me with some emotion. Because if you don't love me that way, are you really loving me? What did Paul said? Paul said, I can give my, my food, give my clothes, do all this stuff. But he said, but Paul said, if you don't got love, it don't mean a thing. We want to be a people that actually Cares. How many of you want to be a part of a fellowship that cares? You want, to be, you want to be connected with people that really cares, really cares. Now, look at 1 John. We're still in 1 John. Look at verse number 20 and verses 21. And you should be there, so we're good to go. Brother, somebody, brother, you can take this for me. Thank you. It says in verse 20, if someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is, watch this, a liar. That's some pretty strong language. And you can, you can study that word in the Greek, the Hebrew, the Arabic, the, however you put that. I mean, you know, that's a pretty strong word. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. If it make you feel better, say he's just not telling the truth. That make you feel better? For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. God, God in his infinite wisdom and in his grace, God, God got us on lockdown. I mean, don't talk. you're on lockdown. God said, okay, so we can't even, we, you mean, Pastor, I can't come to church and just, and just focus on God and just not even think about the other people, just come in and leave and not talk and not have a relationship and not feel, Pastor, you mean, you mean I shouldn't do that? Yeah. How, come you, how can you love me if you don't know me? You don't talk to me. You don't share in my pain. You don't share in my joys. You have no communication. How can you really love me? See, he says that if I don't love my brother, if I don't love my sister, my brother, that, that you cannot say, John is saying it's an oxymoron. He said, you can't say you love God if you don't love brothers and sisters. You, you, you can't because God is saying that we're all lumped in together. So watch this. So the... The, the way that my relationship with God is going, let me, let me phrase that another way. 
my relationship with God, the, 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 the height of the, my relationship with God is dependent on the level of my relationship with my brothers. Let me say that again. The way you treat your brothers, it has a reflection on your relationship with God. You remember Jesus when Paul, I'll give you an example, when Paul was, was on the road to Damascus right before he had his encounter. Paul got knocked off that beast. And the Lord said to him, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Well, Paul had not personally met Jesus. What Jesus was saying to Paul from heaven is, you're persecuting my people, therefore you're persecuting me. Be be because we all one and the same. Woo, man, we're all one and the same. So, so I've got to be careful how I deal with my brother and sister. i got to be careful how I talk to my brother and sister because they got God in them. So it changes my relational dynamic and how I relate to you because I understand that to mess with you is to mess with God. I cannot, love, I cannot love God and not love my brother because God says we are one. Jesus, high priestly prayer, John 17, pray this. Father, I pray that they would be one. When they persecuted Jesus, Jesus says, you, see, they were doing it to God and the Father. They didn't understand that because God has sent them. God was in him. How many know that if you're saved today, you have the Holy Spirit? God is in you. God is in you. So, so I got to deal with my brother thing. I got to get rid of the attitude that, 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 you know what, I don't need to love them. I don't need to care. They can just go about their business because somehow, someway, God hears that because somewhere I read that, that he's all-knowing. He, he knows, sees all things. There's nothing that he don't know about us. No, let's, let's take a step further. Can we go deeper? All right, go to Romans, chapter number 12. I'm going to teach you a little bit this morning. Is that okay? All right. Romans chapter 12. Mm. Here we are. Romans chapter 12. When you get there, say amen. Now, in, this, in these particular verses, passage of scripture, uh, the, the apostle Paul is speaking to the Romans. And from verses, basically from verse 9 down to verse 18, the Apostle Paul is kind of giving a snapshot or a quick view of what the Christian life is supposed to be like. I mean, he talks about how we need to be patient in tribulation and how we need to bless those who persecute us, how we need to rejoice, how we need to be of the same mind toward each other. So he gives this whole list of things that we as Christians should do. But I want to focus on verses 9 and 10 because that's applicable to our message this morning. Verses 9 and 10. It says, now watch this. Let love, talking about love, be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Now, I want you to think with me. Everybody know what hypocrisy is, right? Okay, I didn't get a firm amen, so I'm going to show you what, hypocr show you what hypocrisy is. So hypocrisy basically is rooted in saying one thing, but you're doing another. In fact, one of the things that bothered Jesus more than anything was, was hypocrites. You know, he called people hypocrites. 
I know some of you say, well, Pastor, show me in the Bible. Okay, Matthew 15, 7. You don't have to turn it out. Just read it. Write it down. Jesus said, you hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honor me with their lips. They talk a good game. They say they love me. They want people to think they love me, but, but their heart is far away from me. Jesus is concerned about our emotions. You, you hear that? He sat there. Watch. Watch this. He said, that, in, that, in that particular verse, you honor me with your lips. You're giving me lip service. In other words, you're making everybody think that you really love me, but in reality, I know your heart. You don't really care about me. Matthew 25, 23, verses 25 through 27. Write it down. We don't have time for you to turn there. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean outside the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanliness. How <sighs> I many know God is concerned about your inside? So when we talk about the issue of hypocrisy, hypocrisy has its root in deception, misleading, not being completely honest. To love with hypocrisy is to act like or to give the appearance that I love you but inside, I don't, I don't care nothing about you. That's hypocrisy. We give a show. We let people think. We let people, we want to, you see, hypocrisy at its core is really about, watch this, it's, it's, it's trying to, uh, uh, to, to, um, to, to let people, or trying to make people think that you're something that you're really not. And how many know God sees that? So when we love, so Paul says, in that sense, let love be without hypocrisy. In other words, Paul is saying, let it be authentic. Let it be real. I mean, cultivate a love for your brothers and sisters whereby it is authentic, you care, and you feel it. Ah, this, is, this is so good. So watch. Now, let's, let's keep reading. But be kindly. Watch this affectionate, everybody say affectionate, to one another with what? Brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. All right, so now he's telling us here, I mean, that God is, God is like this. He's, he's kind of like, uh, you know, he, he's always getting at the heart of the matter. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying? That's just the way he does if you, wanna, if you really want to please God, you got to start with your insides. You got to start, start watching your thought life. You got to start guarding your heart because out of the heart flows the what? Issues of life. Watch. Now, he says love with brotherly affection. He didn't just say love. He said love with brotherly affection. In other words, affection means this. Here's what affection means, tender feeling and emotion. Oh, boy, this is going deep, ain't it? <laughs> he says he wants us to, he's calling us to love with affection. 
So it's no longer right for me just to go do a couple of nice little deeds. You know, come and, and, and drop off a couple of things. That's real nice and neat, but, 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 but there's more that God requires. He said, love one another, watch this, with affectionate love, with affectionate attached to it, with feelings. You need to care. You want to know why Jesus attracted so many people? He cared. He cared. His emotions were into this thing. He wasn't just going through the motions. He, he, he was there with them. It's easy to do a good deed. It's easy to do that. But how many know it, it, it's something else when you actually cultivate feelings for what you're doing? Because what God is looking at is your feelings. Who's to sing that song? Feelings. Nothing else but feelings. Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. Feelings. <laughs> I'm sorry, I pushed it. It's amazing some of y'all knew that. Hallelujah. Okay, all right. So, so love with brotherly affection. Now, watch this. Now, let me tell you, this is supernatural. You come in, you just can't, you just, you want to be affectionate? How I many know that you got to, we got to ask the help, especially for some people, we need to ask God's help. God, will you please help me to do this with genuine love? God, will you please, because I don't like brother, sister, so and so. Will you, you please help me, God, to love with some affection because it's not going nowhere if your emotions, if there's no care, if there's no feeling into it, it's not going anyplace. Let me, let me see, see, a lot of people do a good deed, but they don't care. Let me tell you, millionaires do it all the time. Billionaires, just because they, write, they give, to the, give to the poor don't mean they care about the poor. Sometimes it means they just want the government to get their hands off his money. Ain't got nothing to do with he really care about the people. God wants us to care. He said, let love, watch this, be, be with affection. Affection. In fact, Peter said this, 1 Peter 1.22, write this down. He says, now you can have sincere love, sincere love for each other as brothers and sisters because you were cleansed from your sins when you accepted the truth of the good news. How many of you accepted the truth of the good news? So watch this. See to it that you really do Love each other intensely or deeply with all of your hearts. That's 1 Peter 1, 22. How many know that goes beyond just doing things? He wants us to have genuine affection. As I said at the beginning of the message, how many know it's so much easier to weep with people that weep and rejoice with them that rejoice when you really do care about them. See, it's harder to walk away from a relationship when you really care. Sometimes, 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 sometimes people walk, people can walk away from church so easily because a lot of times they're not emotionally tied there. That's why they can walk. 
Think about it. You know, it, you know, it should hurt. If you're part of a church, if you really are part of a church, it should hurt you to walk away. Because there's affection involved. There's love. We're invested into each other. It's not to say that God doesn't sometimes call us into different places, but it's not easy. But if you find that, man, it's easy and you got no feeling, something's wrong, what kind of love is this? What kind of, what, 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 what's been going on in your heart? The command is affectionate love. That's the command that we need to have for one another. Now let's keep on going. Now watch this. So he says, well, let me, let me answer this question. I, I, think I, I, I think I gotta do this. So how do we, so you may say to me, well, pastor, okay, wait a minute. Pastor, I, I know that I'm supposed to have affection for my brothers, particularly my brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I, but how do I get there? Well, number one, let me, let, me, let me help you. First, here's what you do. You pray earnestly and regularly that God will give you genuine feelings and emotions for a person. Why do I say that? Because you pray for anything else you want. <laughs> Am I right about it? If you believe in God for a house, a car, a job, whatever it is, you go to, you pray for it, right? Well, how, why don't we, let's pray this. Pray God help me to love my brother like I should. How many know that he will answer that quick, fast, and in a hurry? But if we won't pray that prayer, you know why? Can we be honest? Can we talk? I said, can we talk? See, the reason sometimes that we don't want to ask that, we don't want to deal with that, is because we don't really want to love. That's the truth. We feel better for us to be detached. I don't want to love you, and it's wrong. It's wrong, and it's ungodly. We are called to love. We are called to be reconcilers. It is wrong. It cuts at the core of the gospel message. Do you know the confusing message that people get when we don't care and love like we should? Do you know the message that we send to people out there? No wonder they're confused. No wonder they're confused. I'm not angry, I'm just passionate. We need to avoid relational fatalism. What do I mean by relational fatalism? Well, you know what? I ain't going to never love that person. I ain't going to ever, ever have no effect. Ain't no chance of that. Well, why are you so quick to believe that? Won't you ask God to help you? See, we need to avoid that. Avoid those, that kind of terminology that says, I'm never going to. Let me tell you, with God, all things are possible. This is supernatural. We serve a supernatural God. So we need to move over and we need to figure out what God wants and jump on that. You want to be blessed, figure out what God wants and jump on it. You'll find your blessing right there. Now watch. Here's another thing that we need to do. So, so number one, we need to pray earnestly. Number two, avoid relational fatalism. Number three, don't dwell on the negative. Focus on heaven's reality. What do I mean by that? You know, sometimes in the church, brothers and sisters, has anybody ever been offended by somebody in the church? Amen. Let the church say, amen. <laughs> I got an amen there. <laughs> right? Well, you know, what kills affection quickly is when we play the tape over and over in our minds. I can't believe what they did to me. 
I can't believe what she did to me. She did that to me. That was, I come, let me tell you something. You're killing the affection because you keep replaying that same thing over and over and over again, and you can't figure out why your feelings are jacked up and they're not in sync with God. So we need to set our affections. Colossians 3 says this, since you have been born from above, set your affections on things above and not on the earth. See, if you have a heavenly perspective, it gives you the grace to be able to love in the most difficult of circumstances. But we got to be willing to let God drive the thing. Let him in the driver's seat. You, you slide over. Don't just let him drive when you want to let him drive, but you sit in the passenger seat, sit in the back, and you stay there and let him keep the wheel. Say, Lord, I'm following you. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I love, and it's hard, but I love because it's my calling. It's my responsibility. And, and you can't escape it. Amen? Amen. He says, and, and so, this, so that's how we can help you with that. Uh, so, and then the fourth thing is remember that Affection is a growth process. It's a growth process, right? So we grow. See, here's what we do. We talk about things like we fellowship. We, 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 we hang out with each other. I, I love one of the things I love about our church. We've gotten so much better at this. But, but you know, we, we, we stay back after service, and we actually talk and say hi to each other. That's good. I mean, it used to be that was a time in church. It, man, everybody, got, everybody was out of here. We had one time a church picnic, and nobody talked to nobody because nobody knew nobody. We, we experienced having a baby. I mean, terrible. Like, man, what is this? What are we, what are we doing? <laughs> but, but, man, we actually talk to each other now, and, and we know what's going on in each other's lives, you know? And I'm identifying with you. Brother, how you doing? I'm not just coming here to get. Uh, I'm not just coming to receive. I'm coming to give. I want to be a blessing to you. How can I help you, sister? How can I help you, brother? What's been going on with you? See, it's a growth process. And then out of that, we're stimulating affection, Right? Because we're getting to know each other. We're coming to grow together. So affection now is being stimulated. Because we want to live up to the call to love with brotherly affection. Now, jump over to 1 John chapter 3. We're almost done, believe it or not. 1 John chapter 3. The outworking of that love. Now watch this. And we start reading at verse 16 through 18. It says this, by this we know, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. We also ought to lay down our life for the brethren. But whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, it's interesting he says shuts up his what? heart. It didn't necessarily say your wallet. Did you see that? Shuts up his heart. Heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? My little children. I like how John say that. My little children. Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in what? Now, I want you to think about everything we just talked about here a second ago. So let's, let's, let's kind of let's let's recap. Now, I want you to look at this particular verse in light of what we just said about affection, right? 
I want you, I want you to see it that way Be because John here is, is, is giving the, pro the byproduct, the byproduct of authentic love, right? So he's kind of giving us the byproduct, he, he, and he's saying that if, if you really love God, then, then, then something in you, you know, you lay down your life. How do we lay down our life? We lay down our life in a lot of ways. We serve one another. We prefer. We talk about honoring ourselves. Honor means that basically we honor and prefer somebody else above us. means that, that you get more joy out of seeing somebody else honored than you being honored. You know, that's, that's what that means. Prefer, honor, prefer somebody else. That means that you give somebody else advantage. You know what, brother, sister? You get the honor. See, I want to be a part of a people who don't care about who get the credit. You know, the church is full. You know, I, I, you know, you know, I just call them baby, baby Christianity. You always got to give them a pacifier. We serve a God who is eternal, who knows everything. Don't you know that he got a reward for you? If you've worked your tail off and you work for the glory of God, God will bless you, and he will. The Bible says it would be unrighteous of God to forget your labor of love. Doesn't mean that we don't respect people and, and all of that. But, but you know, you got to come to a point in your walk with God. If you get a pat, pat on the back, good. If not, you keep on going. Because you ain't did it for that anyway, I hope. And if that's really that important to you, then you need to check your heart. So, so he says, watch this. He, he, says, he says, so if I see my brother have need, I got this world's good. He asks a question. And if I don't help him, he says, I shut up my heart. In other words, I'm not, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to feel that. He says, how does the love of God abide in him? He says, how? He says, how? In, in other words, he's saying it's an impossibility. So, so then, if we look at it in the context of everything that we said about our affection, how many know when we really have genuine love and affection for each other, it's easy for me to give and to share and to lay down my life? It's a byproduct. It becomes natural. It's natural now. I don't have to work harder. You know why? Because I already care. I have genuine love and affection for you. So when you have a need, an authentic need, and I have the capacity to meet that need, it's an easy thing for me because I have genuine love for you. In closing, I want to say this. This is my prayer for a foundation church. I got a couple of verses. Don't turn there. You can write them down. I'll just read them and we're done. Paul said this to the church of the Thessalonians. He said, indeed, your love is already strong. Toward all the Christians in all of Macedonia, even so, dear brothers and sisters, we beg you to love them more and more, that we keep growing in our love. He says, 1 Thessalonians 3.12, and may the Lord make your heart, make your love grow and overflow to each other and to everyone else, just as our love overflows toward you. Here's the thing. We can never love too much. If you were under the illusion, and that's what I'll call it because I don't know what else to call it, that your love, that, that you can do works of acts or acts of love, for lack of better words, with no emotion and no feelings attached, then you need to pray to God and ask God to help you. 
so that you really care. Because how many know God cares? God never stopped caring for people. I mean, God never, I mean, even in our most, in our, in our rebellion, God never, he never stopped caring. And we're his kids. And so we can't ever stop caring. And area, and when we find that it's hard, just talk to God about it. God will help us. But I want us to be a people that our affection comes through. That when people, we ask each other how we're doing, we really do care about how we're doing. That it's not just another word, not a cliche that we say on Sundays, but we say, how you doing, brother? When you meet a brother or sister today, when you talk to him at the end of the service, you ask him how they're doing, look him in the eye and say, how you doing? How's your spiritual life going? How's your marriage going? Are you okay? You look like you haven't been well. I want to I pray with you. I want to help you in some way. What can I do to, to make it better for you? That's love. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. God, we are so privileged to be recipients of your love. And God, you reminded us today to, to love with affection. To not love with affection means that our love is incomplete. You hung up on that cross, Jesus. We're reminded that you cared. You never stopped loving. When a rich young ruler refused to follow you, God, you, you looked at him, Lord Jesus, and you loved him. And you asked him to sell everything he had to the poor and follow you. And Jesus, your heart was engaged. Even when they spit in your face, Jesus, when they beat you, you never stopped loving. No one can ever mistaken you, Lord, for love that is unconditional. God, we're your kids. And Lord, we admit that at times it's very hard to love people. Some of us, Lord, make it difficult in some cases. We confess that too. But love, but Lord, there's, there's no reason for us to shuck our responsibility to work hard at these relationships, to make them flourish, to make them beautiful, and to make you smile. So Lord, Will you please give us a heart? Give us a heart. Just take a moment, church, and ask the Holy Spirit. I mean, really, just, just you and God. Nobody's talking. Nobody's moving. Just, just ask God if, if, if there's any, anything in your heart that is not right, particularly about another brother and another sister in Christ. But ask the Lord to reveal to you. You are not loving like you should. Allow him to deal with you right now. Let's just take a moment, search our hearts. And if you hear his voice, whatever you do, don't reject him. Just ask for his mercy. He'll help you. Let's examine our hearts first.
here this morning and you have not given your life to Jesus, we want you to do that today. We have dedicated this, this entire month to, to talk about love. The Bible says no greater love than this than a man lays down his life. You need to know today if you're here and you don't know Jesus, he laid down his life for you that you can know him for eternity. You're going to have to answer to God for yourself. Your mother, your father, your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your best friend won't be there with you when you die. And the death ratio is one per person. Everybody is going to get there lest Jesus come back. Pointed on demand wants to die, and after death, there's judgment. It's real. It's real. And there is no turning back. You say, Pastor, I don't think I'm saved. This is not, not about what you try to impress other people with. But really, in your heart, you know where you are with God. You know where you are. And God is speaking right there. Say, Pastor, I hear his voice in the day. I want to make my life his own. I want to give my life to him so that I can have eternal life and be changed inside out. Bless you, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much. If you don't know him today, hell is real. There's no turning back. There's no turning back. If you died today and you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, there is no turning back. The only thing that's left is eternal torment and punishment. If you don't know him today, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you. Please don't leave this room without knowing that you're right Come on with your hands lifted high all over this room. Come on, tell them again. Say, my Father, I've done my best to communicate a very difficult thing to do, to talk about the love that we should have toward one another, Lord, and challenge all of us to step up in this area and do more than even what we've been doing. But Lord, we believe that this is the hotbed or the breeding ground for a very, very lively church that will make a difference in our community. Will you please bless your people? God, and when we take this word that we heard today and make it flesh, make it flesh, and be changed, Lord, for your glory. We thank you.